the devil really doesn't want you to listen to today's episode. And I'll tell you why. There are about four or five different things that Paul tells us that he doesn't want us to be ignorant about in the New Testament. Things he doesn't want Christians to be ignorant of. It's a phrase he uses sometimes. He says it in Romans eleven twenty five when talking about God's plan for Israel. He says it in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, talking about the rapture. He says it in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, talking about spiritual gifts. These are all things that Paul doesn't want Christians to be ignorant about. And he says it in 2 Corinthians 2, 11. It says this, lest Satan should take advantage for, of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And so another thing that Paul doesn't want us to be ignorant of are Satan's tactics, his ways of trying to manipulate and influence humankind. And it's interesting to me that these are four areas that many Christians today will hotly debate. Christians who, I mean, they're saved, they love Jesus, they're good people, they're going to heaven, all that stuff, but they disagree about this stuff. And, and I would say most Christians get those things wrong. I've learned if I do a, a lesson about God's plan for Israel, about the rapture, about spiritual gifts, Man, that that is the that will kick the hornet's nest. That is where you get the firestorm. And so I'm like, let's just complete it today. Let's talk about another one, Satan's tactics. Today is going to tell you about one of Satan's schemes that he uses to try and make us ineffective as Christians. But I'm also going to tell you how to overcome it. In Daniel chapter 10, it says that Satan actually has a way to stop our prayers. That God could literally hear our prayers, that he could send the answer, and that Satan can stop it before the answer gets to us. Believe it or not, that is something that the devil can interfere with. I find this to be weird, and I'd like to explore why it's in the Bible. So turn to Daniel 10, and let's get weird. Welcome to Weird Stuff in the Bible, where we explore scripture passages that are bizarre, perplexing, or just plain weird. This is Luke Taylor, and today we're going to be talking about Daniel 10. One of my pastor friends was preaching through the book of Daniel recently, and he made a comment as he was going through. He's like, well, when I get to Daniel 10, I don't know how I'm going to teach that one. And I, I was kind of like, well, you teach it. <laughs> I mean, you, you read what it says, you make sure everybody understands. And you make sure, you know, th that's all it takes, right? But but I also understand kind of what he meant. Daniel 10 is a weird chapter. It deals with something that we don't hear a lot about when it comes to the spiritual realm. But just because we don't hear about it doesn't mean that it's not something that happens every day. This is going to be a weird thing to us, but a totally normal thing in the spirit. And so what we want to do is follow Paul's advice and not be ignorant of Satan's tactics. So in Daniel chapter 10, the prophet Daniel, uh, th at this time, he's been living in Babylon for most of his life. When he was a teenager, he was captured, taken away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was destroyed. And by this point in Daniel's story, he is an older man. And yet he still is not quite sure if he understands his place in the world. Um, what he longs to do is return to the city of his childhood. He wants to see it again with his own eyes before he dies. And so he's just trying to figure out what he's supposed to do. He goes on a three-week fast to pray for spiritual insight and understanding. Uh, you might call this like a three-week retreat. He's just, he's just trying to get a little bit of God's mind about what's going on. And, and my goodness, he's going to get a lot more of it than he even realized. We're not going to go through all of it today. 
just I just want to look at the early part of the answer that he receives after this three-week fast. So let's pick it up at Daniel chapter 10, verse 2. It says, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, I tell you what, to pray and fast about one thing for three weeks, that would take quite a crisis in my life. You know, it's hard it's hard for me to imagine anything that could cause me to fast for that long. To be honest, I don't even want to think about what would make me have to fast for that long. But Daniel is just made of a little bit different stuff than I am. Daniel is a man of deep prayer. Prayer has been a recurring aspect of his life all throughout his book. And right here, he is praying to understand the times. And then suddenly, after 21 days of this, suddenly an angel appears before Daniel. Now, as we go through this podcast, I plan to talk extensively about the characteristics of angels and the different types of angels that we see in scripture. Um, so that's something that I really want to get into. I'm not going to go into it super deep tonight because I'm planning to do that later, but I do want you to note one thing. I just want you to note he is described as a man. Now he's a man with some very fascinating features. Okay. But this is not the description of angels that you usually see in a lot of Christian art. So let me skip down here to verse five. He says, I lifted my eyes and looked and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold of Euphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Now, some people hear this description and they think that it's an appearance of Jesus because he's often said he has the voice of a multitude and and some of the features described here. I don't believe that it's Jesus, and I don't think so because of what he's going to say next. So um, let me skip down here to verse 12. It says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Okay, so let's back up for a second. How long has Daniel been praying? Okay, he's been praying and fasting for three weeks. And when was Daniel heard? Well, this angel says that Daniel was heard three weeks ago, okay? From the first day that you set your heart to understand, he's saying, God heard you from the moment, and I was sent from the moment that you started praying, okay? But Daniel is just now getting the answer. Why has it taken three weeks for this angel to get from heaven down here to Daniel? Okay, it's going to tell us. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So this angel says that he attempted to get to Daniel for the past three weeks straight. That's all he's been trying to do. But then he got held up. He got in this wrestling match with the prince of Persia. And that was going on the entire time that he was trying to get down to Daniel. So then finally, it said another prince named Michael came to help out, and Michael helped him get on through. So th this is a very strange passage because we have to talk about the identity of this prince of Persia to understand what is going on. When I say the prince of Persia, maybe you're thinking of that awful video game series back from like PlayStation 2. <laughs> I don't know if that comes to your mind. It is not that. It is not referring to anything from that. It's not even referring to anything from the terrible film adaption from 2010 that was starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, in Daniel chapter 10, the prince of Persia 
is a fallen angel, all right? He's an evil spirit, or what we might more commonly call a demon. So it's something almost as terrible as that Jake Gyllenhaal movie, but but not quite. Still pretty bad, though. Now, why would the Bible describe a fallen angel as a prince of Persia, okay? So let's break this title down just a little bit. Whenever we hear the word prince, we think of that to mean the son of the king, okay? Because that's where we get the idea for, you know, Disney movies, fairy tales. I guess it, we see it in modern times with um, even like the nation of, of uh, England and probably some other countries too that, that still do the king and queen thing. Oftentimes the son is called the prince, right? And so we just think of the word prince, meaning the son of the king, the person next in line to the throne. You might be surprised to know this, but the Bible never uses the word prince in that way. The word prince never once means the son of a king in the Bible. A prince just is a word that means a chief ruler or a leader, okay? It could essentially be the same as a king, but it just means the person in charge. You know, it's kind of like the word principal, all right? We use that to mean the leader of a school. Uh, that's, or if maybe you hear the other kind of principle, like when we say, I live my life by certain principles, okay? Principles could be the values that guide our lives, the things we live our lives by, all right? But that key root right there is prince. Prince means the thing that's on top, the thing that's in charge, all right? So the, the prince of Persia is referring to the chief ruler of Persia. We might typically identify this as a king, an emperor, you know, something like that except that in this chapter, it is not talking about a human ruler, all right? Because no human ruler could jump up into the sky and stop an angel from coming to you and answering your prayers, all right? There's no human on this planet who could do that. What it's talking about right here is a spiritual entity. It's talking about the spirit behind the ruler, all right? It's the spiritual power that's behind the human power. The, the, this particular spirit that he's talking about in Daniel 10 was the spirit behind the leadership of Persia. This is the power behind the throne. If you were to look at the, the human leader at that time, I think it was King Darius, okay? This is the power behind Darius. Darius probably doesn't even, he doesn't even realize how much he is influenced by this spirit. As we go through the podcast, I will talk about how there are certain spiritual beings who are assigned to certain territories, nations, areas of the planet. And these, these spirits are assigned to that location. That is where they're supposed to dwell. And there's someone, there's a hierarchy. There's some who are in charge of others. And this right here is talking about the one who's in charge of Persia. That's why he's called the prince of Persia. All right. This is the spirit that is assigned to the territory of Persia. Human rulers come, human rulers go. But this spirit remains in charge. This uh, the New Testament calls them principalities, all right? That might be another term that you're familiar with from Ephesians 6. This is a principality, and he remains in charge. This is why, you know, conflicts go on for hundreds or over the span of millennia. Um, that the, the nations who were at each other's throats hundreds or thousands of years ago are still in skirmishes today. Why does it not change? Why is it, you know, people come, people people die, you know, people are long dead, that started these things, and yet the conflict still goes on. What's that all about? It's because the same spirits are still there, and the same spirits are going to influence the same actions again and again. So, the prince of Persia got into a conflict with this angel who's coming 
to, to answer Daniel's prayer, and it held up Daniel's prayer for three weeks. So this is teaching us some stuff about the spiritual realm, spiritual warfare, we might say. While we are praying, angels and demons are getting into conflicts with each other. Now, we're probably not thinking about that while we're praying, right? Whenever we pray, what we might kind of imagine is maybe God just like snaps his fingers, okay? Does like a Thanos thing. He just grants our wish, you know, to put it in kind of silly terms. But, you know, if if God wants to, okay, if he, if he wants to do, if he wants to answer our prayers, we kind of imagine maybe he'll just snap his fingers and just make it happen with a miracle or something. And I tell you what, I wish it was that simple. I wish God would just snap his fingers and make all my problems go away. But sadly, it's not that simple. When God wants to do something in this world, he assigns his spiritual beings the tasks of carrying out the prayer. So you say, okay, well then if, you know, if God wants to, when I'm praying, God can send an angel to answer my problem. Again, there is a additional layer of complexity here. God might hear your prayer. He might decide to do it and he will dispatch an angel to, to help you to do this thing. And then that angel could run into some kind of interference. You see, this angel that came to Daniel, he said that the demonic entity who's in charge of Persia, and this would be modern day Iran, I, and and this is this is a I, this is I believe where Daniel was at this time. It's been a few years since I studied through Daniel in depth, but I think he's in a city called Elam at this time. And so, this demonic entity uh, who's in charge of Persia or Iran, that he met him in the air and held him up. And so Daniel's down here praying, and the answer to his prayers was right up there above his head. And since Daniel just kept after it, he just kept praying day after day after day, God sent another angel to help the first angel out. And finally, something broke through. You know, that Michael shows up. Michael's another angel. He's an archangel in the Bible. And he helps this message get through down to Daniel. That is how spiritual warfare works. Angels and fallen angels they are doing battle all around us, and they are fighting over the souls of men. They are fighting over God's will. They're fighting over everything from geopolitics to the temptations that you face every day. And the effects of what's going on in the spiritual realm are seen in the physical realm. And we can't see the spiritual realm, but we can influence it with our prayers. So Daniel chapter 10 is not weird. Daniel 10 is normative. Normative, that's a word that just means normal. It's just showing us right here the relationship between the spiritual and the physical. This is how things operate in the spiritual realm. And this is how we influence it with our prayers. Let, let me read a little bit more of what the angel said. He says in verse 20, Do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. <laughs> so the, I, li I like this angel. He's, he sounds like a real fighter. You know, he's like, okay. I just got done wrestling with the demon angel of Persia for the past three weeks. I'm going to give you this message. I'm going to go back to wrestling him some more. And then I got another fight scheduled with the Greece angel. <laughs> so <laughs> angels have got some interesting lives. And um, for right now, I think that's going to conclude. That's like where I want to leave things for today. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit more of like a closing thought type of stuff here in a minute. But uh, my idea for this podcast is I'm going to keep these lessons short. I'm going to try to get right to the point. I mean, I could always go on for more and more if I was doing like a sermon on this. I mean, that's that's where I'd get to get into a I could go on for 20 more minutes. Um, I want to keep it short today and we are going to dig down deeper into some of these concepts in future episodes. We're just going to leave it here for today. So, hey, guys, the next time on this podcast, 
I'm going to get into the divine counsel of God. Uh, did you know that God actually has like staff meetings up in heaven? And um, these staff meetings, <laughs> I mean, obviously, since God's leading them, they're pretty important. These are how the affairs of earth are conducted. Uh, this is how it describes the nations that goes to war against each other, the decisions that kings and presidents make. These things are determined in the spiritual realm, in the unseen realm. And uh, the Bible gives us one of these staff meetings in pretty good detail, so you can kind of see how it all works. And so if you don't believe me about that, you are going to learn all about it the next time on this podcast. So make sure you're subscribed. That should come out next Wednesday. And uh, in the meantime, what kind of weird stuff in the Bible do you want to hear about? You can send an email to me at weirdstuffinthebible at gmail.com. And, you know, hey, that's how you, where you can keep in touch with me throughout the week if you would like to. Um, I've kind of got my episodes planned out for this first chunk I'm going to do here for 2023. And so I kind of know where I'm going for the next couple of months, and then I'll take a short break around Christmas time. But if you've got some ideas for what you want me to hit on when I get back in January, send it my way and and we'll we'll get into it. So I'm not always going to attempt to do an application in all these lessons. I love spiritual applications. Um that's, I mean, that's, but again, this is not a sermon, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to do an application every time. Uh, this podcast is primarily for information. I'm trying to inform you as a Christian. And so then you can do whatever you want with that information. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, I could go on for 10 to 20 minutes with applications, but I don't want this podcast to run that long. So this time, I'm saying all that to say this, this time I am going to put in a little bit of an application. And that's because it's just so blatantly right here in our face. It's like, this is too important not to mention it before I go. Okay, let's say you've been praying for something, and maybe you've been praying about it for a while, but you still haven't seen the answer. What does this chapter show us? It shows us to pray and keep praying. Okay, don't give up. Just imagine for a minute, if Daniel had prayed and fasted for two weeks and six days, and then just kind of shrugged his shoulders and gave up. But we'd say, man, what a waste. I mean, the answer, it was so close if he just held out for a little bit longer. You know, it, it would have been such a disappointment if he had given up. And it's like, how many times have we probably been praying for something? And the answer was closer than we realized. But then we just gave up on it. I'm, I'm actually, I'm a little bit nervous that um, I'm a little sad someday I'm going to get to heaven and probably find out how many good things that God wanted to, to do in my life, that God wanted to send me, that God wanted to answer these prayers, but they the answer never made it because we didn't persist in prayer. Persistence in prayer is something that we're frequently told to do in the New Testament. Pray fervently. Pray without ceasing. Luke chapter 18, Jesus said, um, I tell you this story so that you will always pray and never give up. And if you got to read that chapter to know what the story was, but he, this is something the Bible is um, frequently admonishing us to do is to, to persist in prayer, and not just to, to pray, but to fast. It was the expectation of the New Testament Christians that they would regularly fast. There's a part in Mark chapter 9, the disciples were not able to cast out a demon, and Jesus said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And then Jesus was able to cast that demon out. Now, why was Jesus able to do that? Because he was a man who regularly prayed and fasted. And he said, sometimes it's going to take both to get all the demons out of the way. It didn't say this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. 
And then he went and prayed and fasted for a while and came back. No, he cast it out right then because that was something that was already part of his lifestyle. And he was already walking in that power of the Holy Spirit. And we we just kind of cavalierly claim that for ourselves, right? Like we say, well, I'm, I, I have the Holy Spirit, so I can cast out any demon. Greater is he that is in me. And Jesus said his followers are going to cast out demons. And it, But, you know, we, we kind of say that. But Jesus said there are some demons that can only come out by prayer and fasting. Okay, so we we got to we got to we got to still do that stuff in our lives. Um uh, even Daniel who was like a friend of God or greatly beloved by God it said. Even Daniel couldn't get his answer by prayer alone. He also had to fast. And not just pray and fast for like a day or two. 3 weeks, 3 weeks guys, okay? So I guess what I'm just putting out there before we go, don't assume that just because you haven't gotten an answer to your prayer, that it's because God has just declined to help you, okay? Because he might be wanting to answer your prayer, and that answer could just be caught somewhere between heaven and earth, somewhere in the unseen realm. And so you need to keep praying and fasting and don't give up. The Bible is not weird. We are weird because we don't know about fallen angels who can disrupt and block our prayers. But now we do. And we know what to do about it. Thanks for listening. God bless you for sticking around till the end. And we'll see you next time on Weird Stuff in the Bible.